Hey, how many campaign stops did Joe Biden do today? How many events did he have scheduled? Did he have a press conference? Was he going to take questions from reporters? How many events did he have scheduled today? Oh, that's right. It's the same amount of campaign events that you and I had scheduled for today. He did absolutely nothing today. Not a single thing. Six days before one of the biggest elections in our entire country's history and joe biden doesn't even feel the need to campaign i mean does joe biden think that he is so far ahead of the president that he's got this made and he just has to sit at home in his basement and then he'll for some odd reason become the president i mean the the comparison between the two is just it's so different it's unbelievable you have Donald J. Trump, the president right now, who is just, it's stop after stop after stop, rally after rally. It's its a sense of optimism about this country. Whereas, you know, how many times have we heard him campaign? I, I always say the one theme that has never wavered as far as Donald Trump goes is making America great again. He's ran on that for five years now. It's never wavered. He's never been distracted from it. It's always been about this country and having our people work, having American greatness in this country, not greatness for China or Ukraine or Russia, where we know that Hunter Biden was profiting off of Joe Biden's name. It was never like that for Donald Trump. But what I need, what I want so desperately for the American people to see, and by the way, 74 million people is the number right now we've already had 74 million people that have already voted i mean that's incredible now to me is it people rushing to the polls and saying you know i already have my mind up i don't i don't care what happens in the last six days uh in the build-up to the election or is it is it people that are that are see what donald trump has had to go through for Four long years, you could probably say, even though the Mueller report really took off in uh, 2017. Obviously, we had the dossier. We had the FBI utilizing that dossier that was, again, paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign. And in the summer of 2016, I mean, we had Hillary Clinton saying that she was going to stir up a scandal to vilify Trump and connect him with Russia. And then the FBI ran on that, utilized that dossier to, to spy on his campaign. It's just incredible what's going on in the FBI. Um, but anyway, besides that, the American people know about that. And, it, well, at least half of them do. But the other half that don't know about it, I would think that they see that Donald Trump has defeated all of this nonsense. I mean, he's had to go through... A Mueller report. Uh, he's had to go through. I mean, the House <laughs> impeached him for God's sakes. They, I don't think the American people appreciated that. And I think that if you take a step back, and it's we, you know, we are so politically divided as a country right now, as far as the House goes and the Senate goes, with uh, Democrats and Republicans, um, and and prominent politicians from the two parties. But I think the American people would like to see a country unified. I mean, you, you can disagree with someone politically and have them still be your friend at the end of the day. It, it, that's what America is is based on. That's what that's what America's all about, is different ideas 
coming together and seeing, you know, what is what is for the greater good? What's the best bet for this country at this point in time? And the president and he sort of uh, he sort of touched on this. I, I've sort of coined the phrase unity through success. Well, the president's saying that, you know, we've had people, we, uh, people were coming to the table. They wanted to negotiate with him because his policies and the way that he's governed, that being conservatively, those policies have worked. Uh, just tonight, look at this, the American dream plan he's laying out, opportunity for all. President, and, and now this is um, the quotation at the top of it. During this national trial, we have been uplifted by the grit, determination, prayers, and patriotism of Hispanic Americans. Now, Hispanic Americans join the likes of blacks and uh, uh, Asians and women and youths and disabled Americans as having the lowest unemployment records ever. That came through Donald Trump. That didn't come through Joe Biden in the eight years that he was the second most powerful person in the entire world. So what the president's laying out is saying, together we built the greatest economy in history. We will do it again better than ever before. He's fighting for the Hispanic community through these core principles. This is what he lays out. Fueling a thriving economy. Education, opportunity for all. Uh, preserving freedom. Strong faith family, and community. The president's promise to Hispanic Americans instill policies to add 500,000 Hispanic-owned businesses to the economy, increase access to capital for minority-owned businesses through historic support for CDFIs and MDIs, leading to even greater development of opportunity zones. You know, zones that have been uh, uh, put forward by the president and uh, Tim Scott, who's been a uh, senator from South Carolina, who's been uh, really it, it's like the, the, his uh, his best piece of legislation. Tim Scott, he's been a strong advocate um, for it. opportunity zones, you know, uh, finding areas that there can be redevelopment and, and areas that can be stronger than they've ever been before uh, and prominently in uh, blacks and Hispanic communities. Grow the which, by the way, what's wrong with that? I mean, you know, the Democrats are supposedly, you know, the party of minorities. Well, I haven't seen them do this for minorities, and they had power for eight long years. What has Joe Biden ever done for minorities except put them in jail from the 1994 crime bill? You know, saying that there's there's predators on our streets, and back in the 70s, saying that he doesn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. I don't ever remember any such racist uh, rhetoric from the president. I, I, and if there's a video of it, you can try and bring it up to me, but it doesn't exist. He wants to grow the pipeline for minority entrepreneurship through opportunities for federal contracting. Build upon the historic increases in home ownership to achieve new records. Um, empower every family in America with school choice now and streamline the process to increase the number of HSIs. Resolve deferred action for childhood arrivals, uh, obviously DACA, with a permanent solution that is both fair and just and benefits all Americans. Now, do you see Joe Biden laying out any plans? Now, um, the president, before he laid out this for Hispanic Americans, he's pledging over $500 um, billion to African Americans. So now, if I'm an African American voter, well, 
I see that the president is laying out a clear plan for us and a way to, you know, increase funding, get more jobs for African-Americans, put more money in their pockets. Now, if you're a Hispanic American, remember what Joe Biden said, you know, unlike the uh, Hispanic community, the African community isn't isn't uh, really that diverse at all. I was saying the Hispanic community is more diverse than the African-Americans. You know, uh, and, you know, the cherry on top, as far as Joe Biden's concerned, if you don't know if you're for me or Trump, even if you want to dare think about what the president wants to do for African-Americans, then guess what? I'm going to question your race. You ain't black. And he doesn't get a single question about it in the debates. It's so incredibly disgusting. But anyway, if I'm a Hispanic American and I see that the president is pledging all this and I see that before the China virus came in, when China unleashed a world war without violence on 184 countries worldwide, I see that Hispanic Americans had the lowest unemployment records that they've ever had before. So why would we take a chance on a career politician who, by the way, you know, it's fool me once, right? Shame on uh, you, but fool us for 47 years. It's, it's, it's a big, big shame on us. Why would we gamble with the safety, the security of this country when we have a president that from the promises that he made in 2015 and 2016 when he was running for president, Every single one of those promises that I can tell, and you can throw at me, Obamacare. Well, Obamacare, the individual mandate, is gone now. So the president is right in saying that Obamacare really isn't even Obamacare anymore. Um, and, and think about what the individual mandate really was. I mean, it was saying that you have to. We're requiring you to have this health care. And guess what? If you don't, then you're going to get taxed for it. I mean, is that what we do as as the United States of America? Do we mandate things? I mean, Joe Biden wants to mandate masks. So to me, the you know that's just that's just not who we are. When I say that the Democrats want to destroy this country from within, I mean it. I mean it with all of my heart. I can't stand to see this country have a Joe Biden president when Biden for the last um, eight years before 2016, when he was, again, the second most powerful person, not only in the country, but in the entire world, he brought nothing to African-American communities. He brought nothing to Hispanic-American communities, Asians, nothing. What what does Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, you know, President, hope and change, man. What do he and Joe Biden have to show for themselves? They had 95 million, 95 million Americans out of the labor force. How, by any means necessary, do they think that their presidency, that their rule here was a success? It wasn't. Now, they mandated health care for those eight years. What does Joe Biden want to do? Well, he wants to mandate masks. If, if you leave your house, you know, and, and when did the guideline come? I was pretty sure that it was if you can't socially distant, if you can't be socially distant from someone, then that's when you have to wear a mask. That's the only time. Well, we've gone mask crazy in this country now because if you can stay six feet away, then there's no reason whatsoever for you to have to wear a mask. And even if 
the uh, and you see the media running and say, well, why don't you wear a mask to the president all the time? Well, he just wants normalcy. He said this before. All I want is for things to be back to normal. Everyone in this country should want things be being brought back to what we would consider normal standards for living in this country. But Joe Biden doesn't want that because Joe Biden, this is the narrative that he wants um, to be in public eye right now. He wants, you know, he said it in the debate, we're, we're, we're heading for a dark winter. Well, is that is that how we act in this country? Do we do we cower in fear of a virus that again, 99% of people that get this virus recover from? Um, you know, the statistic in uh KFF news saying that, you know, 41% of people uh that had coronavirus, their the deaths have come from coronavirus, over 70,000 were uh due to nursing homes. Well, that, the president never told the governor of New York City, Andrew Cuomo. He didn't tell him to put patients in nursing homes. Didn't tell the governor of New Jersey to do that. The governor of California, the governor of Illinois, the governor of Michigan, the governor of Pennsylvania. They all have one thing in common. They're all Democrats. So imagine if any of them were in power, they would have put COVID patients in nursing homes all throughout the entire country would have had over 500,000 deaths. And we don't know how many um, Americans' lives were saved because of the president's bold, brave, courageous step to shut down travel from China here in the United States. Now, the president was on top of this from the beginning. What was, and, and by the way, um, it, don't take my word for it. How about take Andrew Cuomo's word for it, the governor of New York City? Quote, his team has been on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning. They, they, they've been on it. I know when a team is on it and when they aren't. Well, could Joe Biden do that? Would Joe Biden be up late at night? There's, um, there's a tweet out from Dan Scavino, uh, works with the Trump campaign. Lid called at 1240 AM. I mean, that's that's how long the president's days are at this point in time. We know that he's up by six o'clock in the morning and sometimes he, he doesn't even go to bed until one in the morning. The, the, the energy levels of this president are just incredible. I, I, I Have we ever seen a president who has given so much to this country like Donald Trump has? You know, Joe Biden... He calls a lid on the campaign. He didn't do a single event today. Well, guess what? He, he usually calls a lid early in the morning. I mean, it, it, Monday, it was at 1127. He was done for the day. If COVID-19 had come around and Joe Biden was our president, and, and we sort of have a glimpse if we look back in time when the swine flu came around, well, his own chief of staff, Ron Klain, was saying that we got lucky. I, we didn't do anything extraordinary. We, we had no idea what we were doing. We got lucky. And anything that the president would have done when it comes to COVID-19, every single step, every single action, every single you know, policy he tried to implement, would it was all criticized. That's how our mainstream media is. They are an extension of the Biden campaign. I mean, it's so obvious to see. Big Tech, by the way, 
big tech testified today um in front of the senate there's uh news on that to come up uh, ted cruz was just fantastic as far as uh um would take it uh really get it get it hitting uh jack dorsey's twitter ceo hard um questioning him hard so there's um quotes to come up with that but you know it it, it to me the decision is, is is as clear as can be that we have to reelect donald trump because joe biden just doesn't even seem to me like he wants to be president and if he does that then then he, he really is fooling me and fooling the american people because he doesn't even want to hold rallies or events or press conferences. He can't even take tough questions. I mean, the last four years of the Trump presidency has been nothing but tough questions and, and questions that are very, very dishonest. I mean, look at the 60 Minutes interview this past Sunday. Hey, Leslie Stahl just was rude. She was disrespectful. She was condescending. She didn't want any information from the president. She didn't want to report facts to the American people. She all she wanted to do was make the president look bad. That's it. The media, you can't even trust them anymore. How sad is that to say in this country at this point in time? Now, the president, uh, unlike Joe Biden, is showing no signs whatsoever of slowing down Arizona. 11 electoral votes in arizona it's one of the 15 states identified on this program that are battleground states that are that will decide this election he was um earlier today in bullhead city arizona for a rally the president now he's just got done um wrapping up a few hours ago a rally in goodyear um arizona I mean, you know, in, uh, and when he was uh, doing his rally in Goodyear, this is <laughs> he found out and we found out today the uh, uh, identity of the so-called anonymous person, the person that wrote the op-ed in 2018 um, about the uh, resistance in The New York Times. It turned out to be a low level staffer, the president said, who never even worked at the white house he is a nobody who now works go figure right at cnn you can't you can't even make it up but he's not really in cnn's good graces i'll tell you why so this was the article september 5th 2018 i am part of the resistance inside the trump administration i work for the president but like-minded colleagues and i have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda uh, and his worst inclinations. Now it turned out to be Miles Taylor is the name of this guy. He's a former Homeland Security staffer. The Daily Caller, the citation here. Anonymous, the unnamed author who, while part of President Trump's administration, wrote a New York Times op-ed, revealed his identity on Wednesday as Miles Taylor. The former, now follow it here, the former chief of staff to a former secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Taylor also authored a warning, a book that anonymously criticized the president from the perspective of a member of the Trump administration. He said, I saw Donald Trump prove he is a man without character and his personal defects have resulted in leadership failures so significant that they can be measured in lost in lost American lives. 
I witnessed Trump's inability to do his job over the course of two and a half years. Everyone saw it, though most were hesitant to, to speak up for fear of uh, reprise, reprisals. Now, <laughs> how funny is this, by the way? Um, they were afraid to speak up. So what did this idiot do? This guy comes out because he's a coward and decides to go anonymous. And then, by the way, he lied about it. Taylor left the administration in 2019 and has publicly criticized Trump and the administration for months. He is now a contributor to CNN and go figure endorsed Democratic nominee Joe Biden for president in August. Uh, in the op-ed in 2018, he claimed that he and his colleagues um, had worked behind the scenes to thwart parts of Trump's agenda and his worst inclinations. Though the administration initially pledged to investigate and reveal the person's identity, no person was ever officially identified as anonymous. Well, now, Anderson Cooper had Miles Taylor on CNN on August 21st, and during that interview, um, Anderson Cooper said, are you anonymous? And this was his exact quote. I wear a mask for two things, Halloween and pandemics. And he said, you know, do you know anyone that uh, is associated with anonymous? And he said, nope, none whatsoever. So it's, just, and uh, Byron York points out on the Twitter box, it's important to note that Miles Taylor was not the Department of Homeland Security Chief of Staff on September 5th, 2018, when he published the op-ed. He was a D, uh, DHS policy advisor, which the New York Times characterized as a senior official in the Trump administration. Uh, the House Judiciary um, Republicans uh, Twitter account point, uh, says, oops, turns out Miles Taylor is anonymous. Sounds like CNN did a disservice to the truth, Anderson Cooper, and Jake Tapper should apologize for spreading disinformation. So we get this big op-ed in 2018. The president said, I, I'm not even sure if it's real. You know, I don't believe it at all. And now we come to find out, and, and, and no one should be surprised whatsoever, that this guy, he's a lower level staffer that probably didn't even speak to the president at all, was just disgruntled, um, that the president was getting, you know, things done for the country and decided to, to make some publicity for himself. That's all this guy is. But for some reason, you know, the New York Times thinks it's so incredible and great. Oh, my God. We have this op-ed here. But he has to remain anonymous. Well, if you're so, you know, if he was so upset about the president's policies, why didn't he bring that up to the president? You know, in the privacy, just say, hey, Mr. President, I'd like to have a word with you. Of course, he couldn't do that. All he wanted to do is, you know, publish an anonymous op-ed. Total joke as far as I'm concerned. But again, you know, senior administration staffer wasn't that at all. And the New York Times, again, I don't know why anyone in their right mind would ever even think about buying the New York Times at this point in time, how dishonest and how liberal they are. They don't seek the truth. They don't seek it. They don't try to report it. It's all, it might as well be called the Democrat Times. It's a joke. Now, uh, oh, by the way, I have to clarify something real quick before I forget. Yesterday on the program, I used the word fight um, when uh, talking about the Walter Wallace situation. Um, the uh, 
guy that was holding a knife the cops are saying put the knife down he doesn't he starts running at the police and so they shoot him uh when i say fight now fight can mean verbal fight but i just wanted to clarify did not mean physical fist fighting if you watch the video back they're sort of yelling at one another uh but it was i should have used the word verbal verbal altercation so i just wanted to uh clarify that um now anyway moving forward big tech testified today it was uh mark zuckerberg sundar pichar pichai whatever and um uh jack dorsey uh facebook google twitter respectively senator ted cruz who the hell elected you is what ted cruz said um i'll get into that in a second i want to point out senator ron johnson um at, by the way this was the senate uh commerce committee senator ron johnson uh said to uh, ask jack dorsey the question if twitter has the ability to influence elections and he says no he says yet they believe they all believe russia has the power to influence social media platforms you know does that make sense uh senator marsha blackburn from tennessee big tech has made themselves the arbit arbiters of free speech for the american people the time has come to uh for these platforms to stop removing content they simply don't agree with while hiding behind section 230's liability shield it has to be as far as i'm concerned there there's no going back it has to be repealed it's it it's done you know, as soon as you start limiting and censoring the freedom of speech, then you are becoming a publisher. And that should then your protections because of Section 230, that should all go away <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned. Now, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas pressed the heck out of Jack, Jack Dorsey today. Uh, the citation from Fox News, Senator Ted Cruz ripped into twitter ceo jack dorsey during a hearing oh by the way if you see jack dorsey he just looks so weird he looks as homeless as can be it was just super weird to see him uh anyway senator ted cruz ripped into him during a hearing with tech titans on wednesday accusing him and his social media platform of improperly censoring reporting that reflected poorly on democratic presidential nominee joe biden the exchange came as Republicans over the last several weeks have decried Twitter's actions to lock the New York Post's Twitter account and censor links to the outlet stories on Biden's son Hunter and his overseas business dealings. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs. Dorsey said that's not the case, and he denied that Twitter has the ability to influence elections. Cruz said, you're testifying to this committee right now that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections? And he says, people have choice of other communication channels. And Ted Cruz fought right back at that. Not if they don't hear information. If you don't think you have the power to influence elections, why do you block anything? 
Dorsey said that his policies are making sure that voices on the platform are possible, which is done by silencing abuse and harassment. He did admit that the policy under which the post story was censored was flawed and that other users should not have been blocked from sharing links to it. He claimed that individual users could now share the post story. Well, that is a lie. Ted Cruz writing on the Twitter box itself, actually, um, Atting Jack Dorsey, what Jack just told the Senate under oath is false. I just tried to tweet the New York Post's story alleging Biden's uh, Chinese Communist Party corruption, and guess what? Still blocked. 18 U.S.C. 1621 makes it a felony to lie under oath to the Senate, which Jack Dorsey just did. Um, now, the New York Post themselves, the editorial board of the New York Post, Twitter is running a blackmail operation, cooperate or no traffic for you. All of their talk of neutral platforms, the big shots at big tech, Twitter, Facebook, and Google are running a protection racket. They figure they can dictate what Americans get to see and read and what other media companies must do to reach the public via those platforms. It's a clear threat to a healthy democracy, and Congress has, has noticed. On Wednesday, the Senate launched a hearing, um, and uh, they point out that um, uh, Jack Dorsey sounded like every mob enforcer and shakedown artist in history. Nice paper you got there, New York Post. Shame something would happen to it. He knows full well media outlets depend on social media and Google search algorithms to help readers uh uh, access our reporting. Um, besides, um, if it was an honest error, then why do they only happen to one side? That was Marsha Blackburn, a uh, senator from Tennessee, who said that. She says, do you know how many times the president has been censored? 65 times. Joe Biden. How many times has Joe Biden been censored? Zero. Not one single time there is a pattern of subjective manipulation of information said the senator some folks think the paper should have just caved as far as the new york post goes and deleted the story yet the problem isn't the post's failure to squelch stories it's big tech's heavy-handed shakedown and i was glad um that those three senators were really on top of things today but as far you know this goes away it's really easy to get it to go away repeal section 230 then i think they'll think twice um about acting as um editors uh, as jack dorsey really indicated that he does now the whole story that the new york that this i mean that uh the hearing came for really you know the, that was um the uh, result of them blocking this the new york post story obviously was bad email scandals about hunter biden well jim biden who is joe biden's brother uh was a reporter from fox news uh went to his house and was asking him questions um she said you know uh it, it, do you have do you have any comment jim he said i don't want to comment about anything um, he said, you care to answer, it was a woman, by the way. She said, do you care to answer any questions? He said, nope. 
Um, and now it says that it comes a day after Tony Bobulinski, a former business associate of Hunter Biden, told Fox News, this was on Tucker Carlson, um, that it was a blatant lie about Joe Biden's denial of knowledge or involvement in his son's foreign dealings. Now, again, just to reiterate, what was Hunter Biden doing that was so bad? Well, Hunter Biden got $3.5 million from the First Lady of Moscow on top of that in 2013 December 2013 he got a 1.5 billion dollar deal with a subsidiary of the Chinese government's Bank of China and then in uh April of 2014 he was appointed to the board of Burisma Holdings and on that board he was getting paid uh somewhere between 50,000 to 83,000 dollars a month when he had no experience whatsoever now Bobolinsky Hunter Biden's former uh business partner Obviously, it was um, Hunter and, and the Bidens who said, I want you, I want you, Tony, to meet Joe. Um, and obviously, uh, Bob Alinsky met him. And, and it, so it, with them having that meeting, you see that Joe Biden knew about the Hunter Biden's dealings. And on top of that, remember the text message um, that, uh, or excuse me, the email that H would hold 10% for the big guy. Well, Bobulinski confirmed and has confirmed repeatedly that H is a reference to Hunter Biden and that the big guy is Joe Biden. Jim Biden, would you please stop bothering me? Um, you know, and remember Bobulinski said, you know, how are you going to get away with this? Aren't you concerned? What did he say? Plausible deniability. That's exactly what we're seeing right now as far as not only Jim Biden goes, but Joe Biden on top of that now tomorrow joe is 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 deciding to get back on the campaign trail he had to have a break today but tomorrow uh you have joe biden and donald trump they're both going to be in tampa in florida now florida 29 electoral votes is massive as far as this election goes uh the president will hold an early afternoon rally outside of Raymond James Stadium, um, uh, which is uh, home to the NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the former vice president will be um, doing, oh, and here you go, by the way, a socially distanced drive-in car rally in the early afternoon. So that should be interesting um, to see. But, you know, it, to me, if Biden is, the contradiction from the Biden campaign is right in front of our very eyes. If he feels so confident that he's so far ahead in the polls and he's going to win, then I understand why, like today, he didn't do a single event. But now he's going to Tampa. Well, if he's got such a big lead in Florida, why does he have to go there? You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, the polls are lying to us again. And um, yesterday, I forgot to mention this, um, Tim Murtaugh, who's a communications director for uh, the Trump campaign, said to, um, he was on uh, Fox News at night with Shannon Bream and said, in-person early voting in all battleground states, the president is ahead, which again leads me to uh, what I think is going on and that people are saying, I like Donald Trump. I like the way this country's going. I like all the accomplishments that the Don, that the president um, has uh, accomplished, and I want him to be reelected. 
and I don't want to stand in line on November 3rd, but I'm telling you, the turnout on November 3rd, the more people that are there in polls voting in person, uh, I think the better the chances are that the president gets reelected. Now, in the uh, in American Greatness, Christopher Gage wrote an article today. Biden is sinking. The Democratic nominee supporters sense it, but won't say it. Why would reality feel different from polls with a wobbly record of recording reality? Bigfoot conspiracy theorists and flat earthers on Wednesday sought distance between themselves and those claiming the Hunter Biden pay-for-play scandal is Russian disinformation. Now he's saying he makes the argument that the polls are tightening as far as Donald Trump and Joe Biden go. At the national level, and by the way, you know we don't do a lot of uh, we don't cite a lot of polls on this program because I just don't simply believe the polls. At the national level, and I encourage you to not do it either. Don't believe those exit polls when they come out on November third. I mean, did you did we believe them in 2016? The polling firms are killing themselves. They 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 seem to me like they want to go out of business at this point in time. If Joe Biden does not win in a landslide, why would anyone believe? any polling that comes out now at the national level the investors business daily ibd technometric metrica institute of politics and policy presidential election all that for a poll right you know presidential election tracking poll on wednesday remains around four points between donald trump and joe biden that gap flirting with just two points last week IBD says Trump now leads by 11 among seniors, a marked shift uh, shift from earlier polls, while Biden's support among black voters appeared to drop, listen to this, 10 points overnight. Biden is running nearly six points shy of Hillary's 85-point black vote gap. Interestingly, IBD says Trump's support among Hispanics and Latinos is at 36%, a significant bump on his 28% showing four years ago. Over at Rasmussen, the president's approval rating hit 52%, five points higher than President Obama on the same day in 2012. And Rasmussen's daily tracking poll on Wednesday found President Trump has swung back into a one-point lead with 48% of the vote. The same poll on Tuesday had Biden two points up. Biden was 12 points up ahead, uh, ahead according to the same metric four weeks ago, despite Big tech censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Rasmussen found four, uh, 54% of Americans think Joe Biden was in on Hunter's dealing. The American people see it. They're waking up. They know that he was involved in it. A majority in every demographic agrees, except one, that being Democrats. Go figure. Um, now, of course, it says, we can't say um, whether the scandal has had any effect on the presidential race. Although tightening Pennsylvania, 20 electoral votes, Pennsylvania, Joe Biden will ban fracking. Joe Biden will destroy um, the oil industry. Big, both big things as far as Pennsylvania goes, 20 electoral votes again. Um, tightening Pennsylvania polls pushed 
Nate Silver of 538 to convince himself and Democrats that Biden doesn't need to win the Keystone State. Let me say that again. The polls, Nate Silver in 538 is supposed to be like this big, you know, poll of polls. Um, listen to what they're saying now, that he and Democrats are saying Biden doesn't need to win Pennsylvania. Well, the president wins Pennsylvania. That is 20 electoral votes. If you remember, in 2016, Pennsylvania was the state that put the president over the top. That ensured Donald J. Trump to be elected. Now, this is partially true, um, Gage makes the argument. Uh, if Biden loses Florida and Pennsylvania, though, his chances drop to 13 in 100, a bar flies bet, but not mathematically impossible. Add Texas, Ohio, and Arizona to Trump's column, and Biden's chances sink to just 5 in 100. Silver's glib dismissal follows a slew of post-debate polls showing Pennsylvania trending towards Donald Trump. Even the New York Times acknowledges it. Uh, they say they wrote an article, an op-ed saying, can we trust Pennsylvania's polls? Sean McCreesh said um, the polls show Biden winning. So why does it feel so different on the ground here? Uh, why would reality feel different from polls with a wobbly record of recording reality? Trafalgar, uh, which accurately predicted the outcome of the 2016 race, now finds Trump inching ahead in Pennsylvania with the real clear politics average sitting at just 3.8 points. Meanwhile, Trump took the lead in the real clear politics as Florida average. One could suggest Biden's debate promise to transition 600,000 Pennsylvanians are dish and destroy the oil industry and 6 million jobs that go with that oil industry isn't all too popular. They're not worried. Biden doesn't need Pennsylvania, but they sure act like he does. And let me tell you something. Joe Biden does need Pennsylvania. Joe Biden needs every single state he can come up with. As far as I'm concerned, from the 15 states that I believe will decide the election, Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Arizona, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Colorado, Iowa, New Mexico, New Hampshire, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Utah, um, whoever wins the majority of those states, I believe wins the presidency. Now, Biden, where is he going to make up the votes from? Because I see Biden here. Yeah, I got him started at 199 as far as winning. Um, and, and by the way, not because of any policy, but because he's a Democrat winning Washington state and Oregon and California, Illinois, Hawaii, New, uh, New York, Connecticut, Vermont, Maryland, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Delaware, D.C., Maine, Massachusetts, um, and Virginia. Now, um, I got Virginia there, but Virginia could by all means become a battleground. The president, Montana, North Dakota, Idaho, Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Missouri, Alaska, Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, West Virginia, South Carolina, Mississippi. So I have the race starting at 199 to 158. Now, if the president, and by the way, if you're a Republican, you need, you absolutely need to win Florida. 
So as far as uh, the president starting with 158 goes, say he wins Florida, which by all means he should. Now he's at 187. He has to win Ohio. You need to win Ohio if you're a Republican. That brings him to 205. North Carolina, you have to hold North Carolina 220. You have to win Georgia, which brings the president um, 16 more electoral votes, which brings him up to 236. Um, now, he was in Arizona today. You want to give Arizona to the president. There's 247. Now, look at this. If he wins Pennsylvania, and as Gage points out, um, as Nate Silver is saying, as the different polls are pointing out that it's trending towards Donald Trump, those 20 electoral votes get him to 267. Now, take your pick. Wisconsin gets him over the top. Minnesota, which is competitive. Minnesota is very much winnable for the president. That gets him over the top. Iowa, he wins that, he, he's the president. He wins New Hampshire. He wins um, uh, Nevada. He wins uh, Utah, Colorado. You know, take your pick. But for me, I just, you know, it, it's so funny because maybe the polls want to save themselves now. But, I mean, it's it's exactly what we saw in 2016. As we got closer to the election, the polls got tighter and they were all wrong. Why would anyone believe the polls anymore? It's just, it's beyond me. But to me, I think, and now that we do have 74 million people that have already voted, I see them and I see the majority of this country understanding that the best option for our country going forward is to reelect Donald J. Trump. And that, I mean, with six days to go before the election just is, is just, it's music, music to my ears.